You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Brad Jacobs, Chairman and CEO of XPO Logistics. Well into the COVID-19 pandemic, companies continue to look for ways to adapt and keep operations running. But companies don't work without employees. Employees don't work if they don't feel safe and secure in an environment that is currently under siege. Brad Jacobs, chairman and CEO of XPO Logistics, joins us to detail how XPO moved quickly to prioritize employee safety while continuing to provide essential infrastructure services. Joining me today is Brad Jacobs, chairman and CEO of XPO Logistics. Brad, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with the Inbound Logistics podcast today. The pleasure's mine, Jeff. I remember when I did a podcast with uh, Keith Biondi back in 2016, and it resonated well with uh, our employees and the industry at large. So I hope I can make something meaningful from the conversation today. Thank you for coming back. My uh, pleasure's mine. It really is. Uh, let's start off with uh, how are you holding up in, in light of uh, everything that's going on right now? Well, personally, I'm holding up great because I like challenges. I like to solve problems. I like to have things to do, and I like to have meaning and purpose, and I certainly have a long list of things to do and challenges. And, and I like leading. I like leading a team. I like having, working with great people. I like seeing people be in situations that bring the best out in them. And I'm, I'm just really impressed with humankind. In our, what I see in our own workforce, as I see in the industry as a whole, People are just really doing great things, and um, charitable things, selfless things. Look what the frontline workers are doing. It's just quite, quite heart, heartwarming. In terms of the company as a whole, we're like the whole industry. Uh, you know, it got real slow there when everyone started going indoors and not coming to work and not buying much stuff. So I think the whole transportation logistics industry contracted something like 20 25% in the month of April. Now, the good news is hopefully – that's the bottom. Hopefully that's the worst. The worst is behind us, and things are going to get a little better, a little better, a little better. Assuming we don't have a second wave. If we have a second wave, well, that's, that's going to be another problem to, to deal with. But assuming we don't have a second wave, things should get better. Yeah. You sound like you have a lot of optimism and uh, a lot of positivity going on. Tell me, though, do you have a, a biggest fear in all of this going on? Because you're human, so there's got to be a little bit of that in there somewhere. I'm very human, and I'm very fallible. My, my biggest fear is um, a second wave, that we come out too fast and we get a little floppy, get a little arrogant and lackadaisical, and, un, and suddenly we're not doing it right, and, and the infection rates go up, and we're back in the same stupid place we were. we got to go back indoors. So that's really my biggest fear. I am, well, I am slightly nervous, it would be natural in this kind of situation right now because we're in a new position we've never been in before of coming back from a pandemic after being locked down. Uh, I'm optimistic. I'm very optimistic. And the reason I'm optimistic is there's never been a problem in the history of, of the world that's had more money, more resources, more people, all, more governments, more corporations, more individuals all around the globe tackling it. Look at how many trillions of dollars and how many people hours are going into tackling this problem. It'll get solved 100% without any doubt in my mind it will get solved. What I don't know is will we do it just perfectly here and get it solved in the next few months or are we going to go forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and it's going to take a little longer? That I don't know. But I have confidence in human nature. I, I am an optimist, and I think I'm an optimist based on, on the reality of the situation that we're doing the things that are necessary to, to get this right. 
Where do you get your information then on this really unprecedented situation? I belong to uh, the CEO Council, which is the sister uh, to the Business Roundtable, and it's made up of about 150 or so of mostly Fortune 200 CEOs, and it's, uh, it's, we have weekly videos, one-hour video conferences, and I make sure I don't miss any of those weekly meetings. Uh, it's, I learn a lot. I learn a ton about what's going on in, in other companies. We have speakers come in that are experts, and it's, I, I just right from the first week of the pandemic, it's been a tremendous value add to me to learn what's going on. That's been one of the main sources of information. I also have a group of internal volunteers here in the company who Google and search around and find articles that are of relevance from all the usual suspects, the, you know, the Gottliebs and the Fauci's and the Burks's and the, especially Bill Gates, who I think is just a genius in all this. And then, and then all the conferences, all the press conferences from the governors and from in Europe. The U.K. has a great press conference. Going through all of that and then sifting through it and then putting what's the most pertinent, relevant stuff and putting that all in one place. So I read that uh, because that's very helpful to see as well. And, and then I get a summary from some of the outside agencies that we use of what they're reading in the media, too. So I get a lot of, I get a lot of information. With all of that information in your pocket, how have you been able to use that to get XPO to kind of buckle down and withstand COVID-19? Well, we've, um, we raised a lot of capital. So right today we have $2 billion of cash in the bank. I'm not crazy that it's earning almost nothing percent, but I'm really, really happy that we have $2 billion in the bank uh, cash. We've got another half a billion dollars, another $500 million in, in lines that we've uh, opened up with banks, mostly uh, European banks. So we have $2.5 billion of liquidity, and we generate positive free cash flow. We generated $100 million of positive free cash flow in the first quarter. We'll generate hundreds of millions of dollars of free cash flow this year. So the, so the financial condition of the company is extraordinarily strong. But I consider the financial health of the company one part of my responsibility as CEO. I consider the physical health and the mental health of our employees just as important. So on the, on the physical health, we had, a take, we had to take a crash course in how do you prevent uh, this COVID-19 virus from infecting your workforce? And how do, we, how do we motivate people to not come in and work if they're feeling sick? And how do we motivate everyone to get their temperature taken? How do we motivate everyone to, if they've come into contact with somebody else who's been infected, to not come in? So we've given everybody two extra weeks of, we call it pandemic sick leave, uh, even if they're not sick. Uh, and uh, we, we close a facility if anyone's been infected or anyone who's been infected just comes in contact with, with it, even for short periods of time, just to err on the side of caution. And we do a deep cleaning when, when that happens. And, and we send everyone home and pay them. We give them full pay while they're home for up to three days. It usually doesn't take us three days to do all the sanitizing. And we've become experts in PPE, the masks and the hand sanitizer and the gloves. That, that right now is very plentiful, but you remember back in March, it was hard to get your hands on that. So we had our procurement people get our hands on that as soon as they possibly could. We've given financial incentives to people, financial rewards to people for coming in and, and serving society and keeping, every, keeping the supply chain flowing. So we've given $2 an hour bumps in, in, in uh, hourlies for the warehouse workers. We've given 
one-time bonuses to full-time drivers of $500. We've given $250 to, to part-time. We've, got, we've given other financial rewards as well. And then on a mental level, on a psychological, emotional level, which is very, very important to pay attention to all the time, but especially in a time of crisis like this, we've made our mental health hotline, uh, a number you can call and talk to a therapist in confidence, available to everyone in the company here, and, uh, and encourage people to use it. There's no stigma associated with that. That's a good thing to talk to someone about how you're feeling emotionally and psychologically. So we're doing a lot to protect our employees, and I feel good about what we're doing. Yeah, and, and admirable efforts to protect your employees for sure. Uh, what about uh, supporting your customers? How is XBO continuing to support them and, uh, and your efforts to maintain operations with regards to serving them? Well, I'm happy to say that we've been up and running throughout the whole crisis. We haven't missed a day. And we've had customers who, had, who have had very uh, extraordinary needs. So we had a, a, a dozens of big companies who, when China uh, got to the tail end of, of their crisis and started producing again, and a lot of shipments came over here into the ports, and our customers didn't have demand for them because we were all sheltering in place, and they needed a place to storage, to store it all. It was, was kind of like the oil crisis here, re- the recent oil crisis, where there was all this oil and there was no place to store it. Well, there were a lot of goods came in. They were just in containers at the port. So we, we, there was a big demand for warehouse space. Of course, we're the, we're the fourth largest uh, industrial tenant here in the United States. So we, we have very good expertise in real estate. So we did a lot of pop-ups, and we used some of our dark space that we've got in our, in our warehouses. And we, we helped our customers with storage. We still are. And then there's a bunch of customers who are – they were already starting to outsource more and more of their supply chain, but that's taken, a, it's taken another leg. We've had many customers who are now outsourcing and are planning to outsource greater proportions of their supply chain management to folks who do this for a living all day long, like us, 3PLs, who this is what we do. And we have the technology. We have the information. We, have the, we know what's going on in the whole industry and around the world. We have best practices. So – We've been there for customers, and customers appreciate that. Customers, I think the customers have seen that we're there for them, whether it's a good time or a bad time, and I do believe they'll appreciate that going forward. Have you begun to prepare uh, for recovery? Are you, are you thinking along those lines already? Oh, yeah. Uh, so in Europe, the recovery's already started. Uh, if you look at our volumes in the first week of April, and then you look at our volumes in the last week in April, they're up a lot in that three-week period. They're, they're up as much as 26% in France in our, in our LTL, for example. And so they got hit by this um, pandemic earlier than we got hit, like two, three weeks ahead of time. So it's understandable they're coming out of it two, three weeks ahead of us. So we're already staffing up and, and, and dealing with the increased demands we have from customers. Here in the United States, we've seen it bottom out. We've seen it stabilized. Um, you know, there was a falling knife there for a while. Uh, but the, the knife is kind of levitating in the middle of the room now, and it's, it's, it's frozen at a spot. It's bottomed. It's bumping along the bottom, and it's not getting any worse. Let's see if in the next two, three weeks, as, as the auto companies get back in business, because they've been out of business for, for a while now, as some of the small and medium enterprises get, get back up in business. Across the board, as people have greater utilization, more production, let's see if, um, if, if GDP you know, starts to get a little better here and there's, there's more flowing in the supply chain. We're ready for it. We're ready. We got the people. We have the places. We have the technology. We're ready to go. Okay. Well, then, in the near and long term, what do you foresee for the industry in general? I'm still a bear short term 
because it's, there's just so many uncertainties, there's so many risks, there's so many changes that just shock people. It's, it's kind of like we have collective PTSD a little bit. There was a trauma here. Let, let's not mince words. We, we, there was a trauma. There was a very strong trauma to the industry where there was just a big stop. It wasn't, it wasn't a slowdown. It was a shutdown. And that was really, uh, you know, working from home and having learned. It's just, it was a big, big change really quickly. I am impressed with how quickly we've all adapted to it and, and still still are moving and grooving, but it was a trauma. Let's admit that. So I think it's going to take a little while for the economy to come back. I think it's going to take a little more time for everyone to find their, their bearing. I think there's parts of the economy that are going to be challenged, places that businesses that are dependent on people congregating in a dense way. Uh, I don't know how soon people are going to want to congregate in a dense way going forward. So there'll be some challenges. There's some disruptions, but some of the things that we're really levered to, like e-commerce, it's already booming. It's just going to it's going to boom more. I am a bull, though, medium term. I do believe all these issues will be worked through. I, but none of these these are insurmountable problems. They're temporary problems, and there's a beginning and a middle and an end to this problem. And we're in the middle of it now, and there will be an end. And I'm a mega bull. I'm very optimistic about the long term, looking out like next year and beyond. I think the industry is going to come back leaner and meaner. I think our cost structure is going to be better. I think we're going to have more customers wanting us to handle more freight, move more goods. I think people are going to recognize, as we have for years, the value of technology and how we've got to be more automated all over the place, and we've got to help use automation to deal with social distancing because the social distancing is not going to go back to zero. So I'm optimistic. I really am. I think... I think this year is kind of like a year that we're going to just want to forget about. <laughs> it's a year that there will come a point in time, maybe maybe the first quarter of 2021, where we say, "Can you believe 2020?" <laughs> but but it's going to be it's going to be in the rearview mirror. We're going to say, "Okay, whoosh, glad that thing's over with. We're done with it, and we're still alive to tell the tale." And we're going to pick up where we left off. So like January 1st, 2021, could very well be like January 1, 2020, we're supposed to start that year out for. And we could have the same earnings power, the same growth power. 2021 could be a very good year. And the years after that could be even better. I mean, before the whole pandemic hit, the transportation and logistics industry was poised for very strong growth. Despite the megable status and your uh, uh, optimism, uh, for better or for worse, has the industry changed forever? Yes, the industry has changed forever, just as all industries have changed as a result of this. Almost nobody was making – we all had business continuity plans. We all have places where we have our technology in case there's a shutdown in a city immediately goes over to another place. We have all that. But we, and we, but we never had a contingency plan for a pandemic of this proportion where basically the society was shut down and everyone had to stay inside. That was, that was just not, not planned for. And – I don't think we'll go back to being in a situation where um, viruses can be transmitted very easily and the consequences being so bad. So I don't think we've worked through all the adaptations that we're going to have to work through to address that because people are dealing more with just let's get out of the crisis we're in right now, which is understandable. But that's only a few months away we're going to have to figure out well, how are we going to prevent this from happening in the future? And 
when I think about one of the best things that we're seeing in humanity right now is it's the volume of information and the speed with, with, with which that information is shared broadly is just so impressive. Rich data is being shared fast, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's something that, that can benefit society in so many different ways. You can remove obstacles to growth, and you can have so many areas of cooperation. So I think that's our saving grace, is the, the increased amount of good information that's going to be shared in real time. And that's what will help us prevent these kind of pandemics in the future. Brad Jacobs, a lot of great optimism, a lot of great information. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck with everything to you and to XBO. And uh, stay strong, stay safe, and uh, for at least the time being, stay home. Uh, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the opportunity. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get IL. That's bit dot l y slash get underscore i l and stay ahead of the 3pl game the inbound logistics podcast is a production of inbound logistics magazine for the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.